gently stepped over his body and I got my nine millimeter out and I started rubbing it against his nose. And all of a sudden he wakes up and his eyes got as big as dinner plates. And he goes, oh my God, you came all this way for me. And I go, yeah, and we're going back tomorrow. Hey, this is Matt Cox, and I'm here with Tom Briner. And Tom just came out with a new book, and he is a former bail bondsman? Bail bonds, bounty hunter, repo man. Nice. All right. And he came up with a book, and actually your second cousins of um, Tim McBride. Tim McBride, yep. Right. So if you haven't seen Tim's video, check it out. It's on the channel. He was a huge uh, marijuana smuggler. And uh, I'll bet that's pretty cool at like family reunions and stuff that you get to talk about Tim. And that that book should be a movie. <laughs> everybody's all excited about that. I know everybody in my family thinks, you know, wow, what an upstanding citizen um, <laughs> that my brother turned out to be. Uh, so, all right. Uh, yeah. So let's go ahead and um, let's get into it. He's got a bunch of stories about being uh, about bounty hunting and, and just how the whole system works and tracking people down. And he's got a bunch of interesting stories and that's going to be the podcast. So check this out. Well, first of all, where, where, are, you, where are you from? Uh, originally from Mansfield, Ohio or Ontario, Ohio, just a little, little suburb of Mansfield. Okay. And I mean, how, like, how did you end up getting into, um, you know, doing the, the bail bondsman stuff? Well, it's, it's kind of a funny story. I was, uh, I was recruited to play basketball when I was 30 years old at college. So I, uh, I, I, I went to a small school up in Minnesota for about a year, absolutely hated the school. So I ended up moving to Ohio, uh, and I played for a small college there in Ohio, Ohio State Newark. And I was looking for a job one day because I was going to school during the day and wanted something to do at night. And uh, I found an ad in the paper looking for a repo man, which I had no experience at. But I thought, well, that is a cool job. So I, uh, I went and applied and lied my way into an interview. And, and about a few days later, they called me and, and they said I had the job. So uh, that's how I actually got my foot in the door. And uh, within the first month, I set the, set the company record for the most repos. So I guess I had a knack for it. So when, when, when you go to find a car, like, I mean, if, I mean, to me, I feel like you're still in the car back, but you already have the key. You just have to go find the car, right? And what? Well, yeah, sometimes you have the key, sometimes you don't. Some of the finance companies will, call, uh, will send you a key. Uh, just because they know they're dealing with someone that maybe doesn't have great credit. So they might, you know, want the key. Yeah. They might want an extra key or, uh, or you can bet now you can't do this anymore, but back when I was doing it, you could actually go to a dealership and you could get a key made off the VIN number. And then you could just jump, jump in it and go. But every once in a while, you still have to knock on a door and, try to get the keys from the people or just tow the car. Okay. So everybody, a lot of guys have tow trucks now. Yeah. Well now it's like all tow trucks, but I mean, I yeah. know yeah. 20, 30 years ago, these oh, guys were yeah. I mean, practically we, stealing the cars back. We, we started off with uh, a car dolly. Then we mounted a, a winch on the dolly just to winch the car up if we didn't have a key. Right. And then we moved into tow trucks. So, yeah. 
Okay. So how did that, how long did you do that for? Oh, I, I did repos for probably 10 or 12 years. Okay. Yeah. What does that, what do repo guys get? I mean, what were you like per car? Yeah. Yeah. You, you get uh, so much per car and the farther you drive, the more you get. So back, back then, if I, if I picked up a car in County, I got $125 for the car. And if I, the farther I went out, I, you made more. I How mean, long ago was this? Oh gosh. This was back in the nineties. I mean, that was good money. That's good money. Oh yeah. Then. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were bringing, you know, back then we were bringing in at least thousand bucks a week. So, I mean, back then that was, that was pretty decent dough. Yeah, for a kid in college. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so. what, uh, so how, when did that, I mean, did that move into the, um, you know, the, the, I would say bounty bail letter. bonds, bail bonds. You want to say bail bonds yep. or something? yeah. I, uh, cause it's kind of, that goes along the same territory. Yeah. Bail bonds, you yeah. Have to... You're, you're finding something either way. You're finding right. a person or a car. So, uh, yeah, we had a, a, a bail bond agency in Newark, Ohio, where I lived at the time and a small town and word got around who the repo man was. <laughs> and, uh, uh, the lady, her name was Eula Rizzo. She was an older lady. And she needed somebody to find people for her. And she called me one day and she said, I heard you're really good at finding cars. And I said, yeah, I'm pretty good at it. And she says, well, how would you like to find people? So I said, yeah, I can do that. So I started working for her, did that, worked for her for a couple years. And then the company that underwrites her bonds and stuff uh, needed a bondsman in Mansfield, where I was originally from. So I jumped at the chance and uh, well, we opened an office up there. So I'm um, going to go back for a second. Mm -hmm. You started doing the, the, it was the repos. Did you end up getting a degree? Like, did you, you were going, you said you were kind of going through college. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I, I, why did you stay with repo and why did you continue to do the repo? Like, why didn't, did you get a degree in whatever and go with that degree or this, do you enjoy it too much? Or what I was did. It? Okay. I, I, I absolutely love doing it. And, um, I went to school for, I was going to be a gym teacher, basically a physical education major. And, uh, I went for four years and as my wife is mad at me because I quit when I had three classes basically to go. And, uh, I never, I never got my degree. Wow! But uh, you could do that at night now. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know. But uh, it was. I don't regret a bit of it. Yeah. So. But I mean, what was going to change if you if you completed it? You were still going to be yeah. the repos. Yeah. Most likely. So you, so you opened up. Um, what would you call it? Like an agency for yeah. The, for yeah. this company. Yep. And I mean, how does that work? Like, do you have to get, like, how how do you become a, a bail bondsman really well you have at the time you had to have a property and casualty license so and it has absolutely nothing to do with bail bonds but you had i think it was basically a way for the state to try and monitor you to monitor you and and get some cash out of you for a license so you you, you now you actually have a class that teaches bail bonds, right. what you're going to run into and things. But back then it was property and casualty. And once you had that, you were allowed to write bonds. That's nuts. 
I mean, I, I actually had my property casualty license in Florida. Yeah. I, I did it for, I was a, like a workman's comp adjuster for like a year at, at, just out of college. Yep. That's all you yeah. needed. Yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> like they didn't mention anything about bonds. <laughs> no. Um, no, I was the only one in the class for bail bonds. So, all right. So, th- so then what happens? Like, I mean, you have to put up the money or is it a, you have to get it, a bond. You have to, it, what do you do? Well, let's, let's say you were, you got arrested for domestic violence. Me? <laughs> you. <No. laughs> and you came to me and they said, or a relative, because you're in jail, would come to me and say, I need to bond out my boyfriend, husband, whatever. And I would go over to the court and I would basically write them a check for whatever the bond is. It's 10,000, let's say it's a $10,000 bond. So I write them on, it looks like, this looks like a big check, basically. Right. And it's, it would be for the amount of $10,000 to make sure that you show up at court. And your portion of that, you would owe me 1000 So that's how we made our money. I would, make, I would make 500 on the deal. The insurance company that underwrites me, they make 500 on the deal. Okay. So that's basically how you write a bond. <laughs> it's, it's not difficult. Okay. How does it work now? Like, don't you have to, you have to get a, now you said you have a tap, you have a, because they don't cash the check. No, oh, they, they can if, if your person doesn't show up for court. Do they give you time to, like, if they don't, then how do you get the money back? They, you, you don't get it back if, if they sh- don't show up. You, you can, you can get them to give you some extra time if you talk to the judge. You say, hey, Judge, I need 30 days. I can find this guy. He'll go, okay, not a problem. Let you go find him. Right. If you don't show up with him and put him back in custody, drop him off to jail, they're going to cash that check. Okay. And I'm proud to say I've never lost anybody. All right. So, <laughs> um, but, I mean, people are running, though. I've had them run from one side of the country to the other, and I've, Ended up finding them. So, in fact, if you want a quick story, yeah, I was, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> I, uh, I had a young man, and it wasn't a big bond. I think it was a ten thousand dollar bond, and he took off to Lake Tahoe, and of course, I'm in Mansfield, and I searched and searched for this kid, and I couldn't find him anywhere, and that's when. I always say a good repo man or a good bondsman knows how to improvise. So I did my own, I did a lot of my own skip tracing, which basically is talking to people, trying to find out where this guy is. So I I called his mom and I ran one of my favorite scams on her. And I said, I'm a buddy from high school. Right. Back in the area. Love to get together with Mike. Right. And, uh, (laughs) She says, oh, well, she goes, that's wonderful. She goes, Mike moved out to Lake Tahoe, and he's a ski instructor. And I said, oh, okay. Oh, that Mike. Well, yeah. And so when I got out, so, you know, after, after I checked a few things out, I, could, I, could, I had another girl that worked with me named Tracy, and she was an excellent skip tracer. And she ran his social security number and stuff and found out where he was working out there and stuff. So I, so I had a pretty good idea where he was and uh, got on a plane, flew to Reno, 
from Reno, I grabbed a car and drove up to Lake Tahoe and uh, found the trailer he was living in. It was a nice little trailer park. Of course, he wasn't home during the, you know, he wasn't home that day and he wasn't a ski instructor. He had applied to, to be one, but he ended up being in construction out there because it was booming back then. And um, I showed up at his trailer that night knocked on the door and two guys answered they were sitting in there playing video games and i said hey where's mike at and they said oh he's back in the bedroom sleeping i said well let me go surprise him so i walked back in there and (laughs) so i walked back in and uh he's laying on a mattress on the floor uh no bed frame or anything like that and i gently stepped over his body and i got my nine millimeter out and i started rubbing it against his nose and all of a sudden he wakes up and his eyes got as big as dinner plates. And he goes, oh my God, you came all this way for me. And I go, yeah, and we're going back tomorrow. So, <laughs> so that's how I found him. So what do you do? You cuff him and, and you stay the night in a motel or yep. something? Or? I cuffed him to the bed frame and uh, waited the next morning. And he promised he was going to be a good guy on the plane. So uh, we flew back to Mansfield and I dropped him off. Okay, so what do, what do you get for that? Well, you own the you own the place though. Well, yeah, but that comes out of my pocket. Okay. So instead of paying the court ten thousand dollars, I was out a couple plane tickets. Yeah, yeah. And a few meals. So. Right, right. Yeah, it's yeah. way better. Yeah. Um. Mm, okay, I was gonna say, poor Mike. Like he's not he's not living well. He's he's sleeping on a, a mattress on the floor. Like when I was on the run, like. <laughs> I wasn't living like that. Like you're not, and he's using his own name. Like he's he's an amateur. Um, yeah, it's cra- it's craziness. Uh, so, um, I mean, can you? Are there any any others that you track down? Like, how long did you do this? Uh, probably I I wrote bonds for three and a half years, and I I tracked people down for other bondsmen. For a couple of years too so you know five six years i did that right do you have any anybody else that took off or <clears throat> yeah i mean i i i had a guy i mean not as far as going out to reno but uh i've had people go hide with other people and hide with grandma and things like that and uh but, uh, and, and then I also picked up people, like I said, I did, I did a lot of work for other bondsmen. I would get calls from different states and say, listen, we think our guys in Ohio, can you find them for us? And I would track them down. Then I would load them up and take them halfway and meet in the middle, get paid. And, and then, you know, they take them from there. Right. So, it's, I mean, do, do these guys, I mean, you know, Mike went quietly. Do all of them just, oh, you got me. No, and you'd be surprised. Most of them do. Uh, and, and I was, I think I was smart about it. I, I wasn't big on kicking indoors and, and wrestling somebody to the ground, uh, which, which I've done, but very sparingly. I would always do more of a stakeout kind of thing. And if I knew there was five of his buddies in the apartment with him, I wasn't going in there because it's going to be nothing but pure yeah, confrontation. It, it could go bad. I, I, I would wait till I see the guy come out by himself, walk into his car, walk up behind him and say, hey, guess who I am? And 
usually they're so surprised, you know, before they even have a chance to think I've got them in cuffs and we're on the way back to the jail. So, uh, yeah, I haven't had, I really, you know, a lot of people always ask me what, uh, what's more dangerous. And I said, repoing a car is more dangerous because I look at it this way, you know, a lot of these guys I'm getting out of jail and writing bonds for have been there before. Yeah. And they know the system and they know that, okay, this guy's going to take me back. I'm going to make a phone call. I'll, I'll use a different bail bondsman. They'll come get me out and I'm out in 24 hours. Right. You take a person's car. How, how am I going to get to work? Mm -hmm. How am I going to get my kids to school? The neighbors are going to see. Right. I got to call mom and dad for money. Yeah. I mean, it opens up a big can. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and people get pissed when you take their car. Because they, they feel like they own it. Yeah. I feel like you're taking my stuff, yeah. not the fact that, no, I'm taking the bank's stuff back. Like, you don't have the title of this car. Exactly. You don't really, people don't realize, like, you don't really own your car. <laughs> That's You true. have it registered yes. in your name. And the bank can pick it up one, if you're a day late or you're three months late. And, and most of them do. They'll, they'll wait till about the third month and they know they're not getting paid. Mm -hmm. So that's when they usually pop you. So. Right. Have, have you ever been shot at or? I have been shot at once and I've probably had two or three times people putting a gun to my head. But uh, was this for repo or th for? This was for repoing. Uh, now, one of them was completely innocent. It was a, a semi that I was repoing. And I, as soon as I walked to the guy's door, I had a shotgun in my face. But it's because it wasn't because I was there to pop his car. It's because there was a lot of break-ins in the area. They seen me outside walking around, checking the place out, looking for this truck. It looks suspicious. Yeah. So as soon as I walked up, I had the gun, right? I mean, I completely and and as a repo man you're not allowed to carry a gun right so uh some do but you're not supposed to uh and then uh the only time i was ever shot at when i i won't and i'll take that back i wasn't i personally wasn't shot out my partner was i i recruited one of the kids off the basketball team to go help me pick up a car it was an old trans am and the guy lived out in the middle of nowhere in a single wide trailer car sitting right out front i had keys for it i hand every everybody that works for me wants to be the one that gets the car because it's something they're going to talk about the next right, 10 right. years of their life so i gave him the keys his name was wes mcqueen jump like a deer playing basketball great guy and uh he he uh went up got in the car I took off down the driveway. I heard the car start up, start up, and I heard this big bang. I go, oh, that thing must have backfired. <laughs> so I'm driving down the road, and, uh, and I go down a couple streets, turn off, and Wes follows me. And uh, he jumps out of the car, and he goes, that guy shot at me. <laughs> I go, no, man, that's a backfire. He goes, Tom, he goes, I swear to God, he shot at me. So I, we walk around the back of the car, and he has little fiberglass fins that they yeah. used to have on the, fire, on the Firebirds and Trans Ams. You could actually see the, the shot marks from the... He was that close? It was close enough to put small dents in the back of the rubber and the fiberglass, but wasn't 
close enough to break anything. So we pulled in. I said, well, what do you want to do? I said, we can call the cops. And, he, and I said, but if we do that, they're going to take the car. They're going to hold us, you know, impound it and all that stuff. And I said, and we ain't going to get paid. Right. So I said, what do you want to do? And Wes said, I'd rather have the money. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that, that was the only time I ever was fired at. Let's put it that way. Okay. Any, um, I mean, anything else happened or anything that strikes you as, as, uh, interesting? Uh, had an, when when I first started, uh, I, I didn't have, like I said, I didn't have a a tow truck, but I had a towing company that would tow for me. And, uh, it was in Newark, Ohio. And his name was Yogi. we, We called him Yogi. Big guy, and uh, we were hooking up a car at an apartment complex. And uh, just as we were getting it up in the air and starting to strap down the tires, about four or five guys pile out of this apartment and saying, well, you can't have the wheels. Those are mine. And, and I put an air filter on there that's mine and all this kind of stuff. And I said, no, man. I said, yeah. if it's on the car, it goes with the car. And they started to come after us and yogi picks up a uh j hook which is a big chain with a hook on the end of it looks like a j and he starts swinging this thing around his head so while he's doing that i'm strapping down the tires and uh you know they they never got close enough but 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 they wanted to but uh that was that's really about the only the couple of times that i've ever really had any danger at all um well so what uh, um what happened so what what happened with um with your well first of all when did you you retired from doing this recently no i i've been out of this uh since oh gosh uh early 2000s i worked for a company called uh skipco up around the cleveland area for a little while and uh and then we, my wife and I opened up a towing business. Okay. And uh, we, we ran a towing business for several years in the Mansfield area. Okay. When you did the skip tracing, did you ever use, like, didn't, or aren't there, there are systems, right? Like uh, LexisNexis. Oh, and yes. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's extensive. Yeah. What you can find out, even if you, I mean, just running a social security number is going to tell you where a person works and, their credit rating, and I mean, and then you can find out, like you said, through LexisNexis or, or a couple other different sites, who their relatives are. I mean, a whole chain of people. Yeah, well, where, where they've ever lived. Oh, or, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's scary how much you can find out for a, a few dollars. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you grab these guys, did any of these guys ever, um, did they ever have fake IDs on them or... Because uh, you have to recognize the guy. Yeah, and I always took a picture as soon as I bailed somebody out. You know those old Instamatic cameras? Yeah, yeah. I would... Uh, like the Polar- Polaroid? The Polaroid camera, yep. And I, every person, I'd take a picture as soon as I walked out of jail. So, you know, when, when you're picking up somebody for somebody else, that can be a problem. And I had one girl lie to me for a while, and I bet I spent two hours in her apartment questioning her just to make sure I had the right person because I wasn't leaving. 
unless I knew I had the right person. Cause then, then you get in a whole nother can of worms. Right. So it, are you allowed, I have a question is, uh, are you allowed to like, if you know the person's inside, yes. like I saw you walk, I know it's you. I saw you walk in. I'm hundred percent sure it's you. And they close the door and lock the door. Are you allowed to go in? Yeah, it's, um, it, it matters what state you're in. And I know things have changed a little bit since I've done it, but as long as I knew that that person was in there and I had an address on a piece of paper that that person wrote saying, when somebody gets out of jail, I say, you need to give me several references where you lay your head at night. Right. So I wouldn't make them write down several different addresses. So I had the ability to go in after them. Like in Ohio, if I had a reasonable suspicion that person was in there, right. I could go in there. Uh, it, now I think you have to have of you know, that, that person had to write a physical address down when you bonded him out of jail of where he's going to be. And, and they, let's put it this way. If, if, if I knew you were hiding in an apartment complex, I can't go through that apartment complex and kick every door down because I know, because I seen you walk in the building, I've got to know what apartment you're in. But if I know what apartment you're in, I've got the right to go in there and get you. Okay. Because basically when, it, when you write a bond, that person is giving up his rights. Right. So, I mean, I don't need a search warrant. I don't have to have police back up. But they will back you up on a bond if you need them. But, <clears throat> but as, long, as long as I know that you're in there, I'm probably going to come in after you. Right. So, so, I mean, has that happened? Oh yeah. Yeah. That ha- it, that's happened a couple different times. Were you ever concerned that? Uh, yes. <laughs> and the, and the first time I did it, I got called down to the police department and I always, my boss always gave me a, it was a three fold pamphlet of everything a bondsman is legally allowed to do with the codes and everything written on it. So when I got, you know, they, they called me one day and they said, we, we heard you kicked in an apartment door. And I said, yeah, I did. And, uh, you know, well, what gives you the right to do that? And I just hand them that paper and they'd read it over, go, okay, you're good to go. So, because a lot, believe it or not, a lot of the police officer have no idea what a bondsman is allowed or not allowed to do. Right. So, well, I mean, have you ever grabbed anybody and, and they had like a fake ID or something or? N- j- just, just one girl. And it was, uh, like I said, I, after I questioned her for a, you know, a while and things weren't adding oh, up. She, I, ha- she had a fake? I yeah. thought she just gave you, uh, I thought she just gave you a, um, uh, just gave you the wrong name. Well, she all, actually had an ID. Yeah. Yeah. She had an ID. And uh, I was with a, a, one of my partners, his name was Kevin. And, and he, uh. He, he actually saw through it first, and then we talked about it, and I go, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And when we got her down, it was who she said she was. So she finally gave it up when the police down at the station. So um, so what about the, uh, the uh, story about the, the kid? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 
Well, you know how you go to the de Department of Motor Vehicles and you wait in line? I've been many, many times. <laughs> exactly. And I hated to go there. And thank God they can let you send them a check now. But, <clears throat> but I'm sorry. Uh, I, I had a repo and the lady works for the Department of Motor Vehicles. And I said, ah, revenge time. Right. So <laughs> I went to her place and uh, the car was sitting there and I backed up to it and had it up in the air. And I, I, a lot of times I go up and knock on the door and say, listen, I'm repoing your car. It's up in the air. If you want to come out and clean it, your stuff out of it, you can do that. And of course, they're giving you every sob story in the world. You know, I'll make my payment tomorrow or can I pay you or, well, I mailed it or, you know, you get every excuse in the world. And I said, you know, I'm sorry, I've got to take your car. And uh, as I was doing that, I seen a little boy come out. She must have not been about three years old. And he's listening to everything, the conversation between my mom or his, his mom and me. And uh, I was around the back of the car taking the plates off because I always give the person their plates back. And uh, all of a sudden I see, I feel somebody pulling on my, uh, my coat. I said, what? I look around and there he is. And he's standing right beside me. And he holds his piggy bank up. Aww. And he said, will this pay for my mom's car? <laughs> I felt like the biggest heel in the world when that happened. And, uh, but yeah, that every once in a while you get a story like that and it, uh, it just kills you. I think that, that night I just said, you know, screw this. I'm going home, going to bed. But, uh, but I wrote in the book, I hope that kid, I hope that kid turned into something and can buy his mom a new car. Cause he, he definitely, <laughs> you he, took it. He, 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 he definitely would have done that when he was three. You right. Know, so but. I, um, I'm sorry, when you, you, it's when you said the checks in the mail or that they've mailed it, or mm -hmm. I had a, a mortgage broker. We used to play pranks on each other all the time. And one of my other mortgage brokers was doing a loan for a guy that had a tow truck company. And my other mortgage broker had been, he'd been there a month or two. And he actually, had, after a couple of weeks, came up to me and said, I hate to mention, say this, but you know, I got these two loans that are closing and I'm like, right, right. He said, my car payment's way behind. And he said, it's a buy here, pay here a lot. And I was just like, wow. And you know, like how bad is it? It's, um, and he, and he was like, yeah, they're going to take my car. He said, so is there any way you could give me some money up front? And I was like, well, what do you, how much do you need? I don't know what it was like two payments behind. They were like 300, 400 bucks a piece. I was giving like 800 bucks or whatever. Well, so he said, okay, cool. Uh, cool. So he took the money. Well, like the following day or the next day after, I remembered like the guy, the, the customer that had the tow truck company showed up to sign some paperwork. And I went, whoa. And I said, hey. So I told the broker, come here. I said, listen. I told him about what had happened with this guy. The guy's name was John Sloan, actually. So I told him, John Sloan is behind on his car payment. He's afraid they're going to show up and take his car. Mm -hmm. And he goes, okay. I said, so... I need you to get your customer to back up to the back up to the um his car and take it and so like go to put it on. So his customer comes in, and he goes, Okay, what do you want me to do? And I said, I want you to back up. You know, they had the thing that went 
you know, and went under like it. You, yep. He didn't have to get out to pick it up. Exactly. So yep. I said, start that hole. He's like, he said, okay, look, I'm not going to pick it up. Like I'm going to get down there and I'm going to jiggle it and make it look like it. He said, but I'm not going to actually touch the car. And I said, okay, that's fine. I said, it's going to make the beeping noise when you back up though. He goes, <laughs> right. oh yeah, yeah, no, it'll, it'll be a show. And I said, okay. So John Sloan, his desk was just like it. He faced like inward and his, the back of his, of his desk was a glass was all glass to the parking lot. Right. And there was, and there were, um, blinds, mini blinds behind him. So he, um, he's sitting there on the phone and like, so we're all kind of outside. Like we've, I've told everybody he has no clue. So there's like 10 of us now, a couple guys inside, three or four or five of us standing outside, a couple guys at the window. And all of a sudden we start hearing that beep, beep, beep. <laughs> and so he's on the phone with, with somebody. He's like, or some customer or something. He's like, yeah, uh-huh. No, no. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I, yeah, well, this is what happens. And then he's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody's car is getting towed or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They're backing up a truck. I don't know what the noise is. It's, yeah, yeah. Because it's, uh, it's um, he goes, hold, hold. Hold on. And you know, does the blind, you know, the blind <laughs> and he goes, I gotta go and hangs up the phone and runs out there, runs over to the guy. And he's like, and he was Sloan was a big guy. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And the guy's like, yo man, they didn't get your payment. No, I popped. I did. I dropped it off yesterday. I went yesterday. He's like, bro, I got, you're on the order today. I got to take the car, man. I don't know what to tell you. And the guy's actually doing the the lever and just making it go. Yeah, right. He's just making it noise. It's not doing anything. Sloan is like, oh, you know, I, I gave him the money. I swear, I I got the money. I, I give it to the guy. I got a receipt. It's it's somewhere. I mean, it's in my house. If you can just wait, I can get my wife to take a picture of the receipt or or, or get him in the receipt. She can. He's like, man, it's got to go. It's got to go. And the guy's kind of laugh. Starts kind of laughing. Right. And then we're so he keeps looking up at us. Doesn't realize like everybody's outside. Right. Like he, and he told me later, he said, you know what the whole problem was? He said, I was actually sitting there thinking like, I know I paid. He said, you know, you gave me the money. I went down there and paid the next day. He said, he said, so I know I'm getting the car back. He said, but I was like, this is so humiliating. Oh, it's embarrassing. These guys are, they're going to tow my car. And I just started working here. And all these guys are, you know, he's like, it was horrible. And I mean, but at this point, we're bawling, laughing. We're right. all just dying. And he's like, he's like, and that's when he finally realized, like, something's wrong. Why are these guys <laughs> laughing? Nobody's this much of a jerk. That there, <laughs> right. that these, oh, there's like six, seven people at this point who are laughing. Anyway, so he was like, "What the?" And, and the guy was like, "Yeah, man, they're just messing with you, bro. I'm not taking your car. We just." But he was like, "Man, you guys!" He started yelling at us and screaming, and he was laughing. Anyway, so that's what. That just makes me think when you think you're oh, beep, beep, beep. Oh, I, yeah. It was a good, good time. Yeah. Good that, time. <laughs> only because only he didn't get his car towed. Like, right. he would not have, if they'd really taken his car, he would have been upset. Oh, yeah. Are we, and you get all kinds of excuses. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, you know, like I said, I put the check in the mail or, uh, uh, you know, I gotta, I've got to buy groceries. Or, you know, every, everything's an excuse. And, and you know, the funny thing was, you would not believe the amount of doctors that I've repoed. Oh, yeah. Just because they make so much money, they don't even think of worry about paying their bills. So some of the worst, by the way, one of the worst credits I've ever seen was from a doctor. Oh. Well, and, and lawyers. Doctors and lawyers. And... Yeah, it, horrible, horrible. Months behind. And one of the guys when he came in, I remember asking him, like, "Are you like 
you make good money. Like you're you're behind. You've got three. You've got a ninety day late. You got three thirty day lates on your credit cards. He's like, well, I mean, yeah, but he said it, it, it's it's not a lot of money. I'm like, that's the problem. It's like fifty bucks, forty dollars, sixty dollars. Like he's like, yeah, well, I wait till it adds up to something. And I'm like, this oh is before credit. Gosh. Yeah, twenty. The people didn't weren't quite as credit savvy as they are now. Like right. I was like, it doesn't matter if it's fifty cents. You have to write the check for 50 cents. <laughs> yep. And he was like, what was the matter? I wait till it adds up. I mean, I was like, Jeez. I mean, it, so I've had some of them. It's almost like, like you, you almost have to make an effort to be this bad at your credit. Oh yeah. So, and, and you'd be surprised how many blame is on their wives. Yeah. Well, she must not have paid it or it didn't come out of my bank account. Like, oh, come on, man. But yeah. <laughs> uh, God be crazy. Um, <laughs> Um, so you took the little, the little kid's mom's car. I, I mean, did, I, I, did you feel bad? Oh, I felt horrible. Absolutely horrible. But that, but it had to go. And my thing was, I'm getting back at the DMV, but yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> Man, I've, I've sat in so many DMVs too. Um, oh, and they're so rude. Like, like 90% oh. of them just, they hate your guts. Yeah. It's like, why did you take this job? If you really hate people the way you clearly hate people. Like, why did you take this job? Um, so what, so what ultimately, what ended up happening with, uh, you had a, a partner in, yes. right in the business, right? Yeah. I, 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 after I started repoing, I, uh, I got my, they were looking for somebody up in the Mansfield area at that, 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 that oh, sorry. At that time I lived in Newark. And, uh, so I called my buddy, Todd Duffner. And he lived, he still lived in Mansfield. And I said, Hey, I got a really good job for you. And I, he went out with me on a couple of repos. He goes, yeah, I can do this. So Todd and me repoed all over the state. And he ended up also doing bail bonds with me. And he actually took over my bail bonds business when I bought the towing business. And we worked together so well. And I mean, there was nights we could pick up together you know, both in the same truck, just address to address, we'd pick up seven, eight cars a night. And those were great paydays when we were doing that. And uh, one day Todd walked into my office and he put his arm on my desk and he goes, look at this. And I could see all the muscles in his arm just twitching. And he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to do this. It's just happening. And he, Todd was a big fisherman, a hunter. And he was, I mean, a great day for Todd is when he's in the woods. And he, th he went to the doctor and the doctor said, well, you probably got a tick bite. Sometimes if you get a tick bite, that's what happens. He goes, well, I'm going to run some tests. So he, he, you know, a few days later, he came back in and he said, I've got Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. And he had just got married. He had just had his first kid, and that was Todd's. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. How old was he? <clears throat> Excuse me. I think he was in his 40s at the time. And um, he, 
I mean, he just, he, that was his, that was his dream to have a family. And in a very short time, he was gone. And, <clears throat> excuse me, it was, uh, it, it, it was tough. And, uh, he, he's one of the reasons I live in Florida right now, <clears throat> excuse me, is because I knew, you know, when that happened, life's short. And, uh, and I told my wife, I said, as soon as our, as soon as our girls get out of college, I go, we're moving. And I said, I want to move to Florida. I want to retire. I want to take it easy. And uh, I said, we got enough money to do it. And that's what we did. But, uh, but I think of him every day. And you, you talk about him in the book? Yeah. One of the last chapters in the book is about Todd. Okay. Super guy. Super guy. Great family. Grew up with him. We ran track together, played ball together. Uh, it's been, we graduated in 1979, and I think we still both hold uh, track records at the school we graduated from. I mean, he, 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 boy could run, boy could he run. And <laughs> I got, <laughs> I've got a great story about him. He was, uh, we were out repo and I think we were looking for an S10 pickup. And, uh, <laughs> he went up to check the VIN number of a car out in the middle of nowhere on a farm. And, uh, he, he went up, <clears throat> checked the VIN number and all of, sudden, all of a sudden I hear all these dogs barking. And I've got my my beams on my truck down real low, just the running lights on. And all of a sudden, I see Todd running right across the front of my truck and three dogs after him, all wiener dogs. <laughs> but it was so dark, he couldn't tell. So I see him running down the road like all hell, and these three dogs just chasing him. <laughs> Three dogs just chasing him down. And uh, so I turn, start up the truck and I turn, you know, I'm going down the road and pretty soon he's running up beside the truck and I grab him and I go, they're wiener dogs, man, they're wiener dogs. <laughs> so uh, we turn around and head back and I said, he, he goes, oh, that's not the right, it wasn't the right VIN number on that truck. But I see all these dogs in unison following each other, just wobbling back to the barn. <laughs> Oh my God, it was hilarious. But yeah, he uh, got a lot of great memories of Todd. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. How long have you been in Florida? Uh, we've been down here a little over three years now. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. No. So, no what, <laughs> what's the tartan? What's, oh, the, I, what's had to, I had this one guy. We, uh, Todd and me knocked on the door, and uh, he wasn't where he's supposed to be, so that was strike one. And then we Todd wasn't where he was no the to... the the guy that skipped bail wasn't where he was supposed to be. Okay, where, wasn't living where he was supposed to be. So I found a girlfriend's address, went to her house, and knocked on her door, and she said, uh, "No, I haven't seen him." I said, "No, he's he's in here. I know he's in here." I said, "I said we we got to come in." He goes, "She goes, well, you need a search warrant." And I go, "No." 
I said, I don't need a search warrant. So we pushed through her and Todd went upstairs and I searched the first floor and Todd comes down. He goes, man, she's right. Yeah, that guy's not here. And I go, crap. I go, I know he's here. And I go, did you check the attic? And Todd goes, no, I didn't check the attic. So we go up, <laughs> we go upstairs and behind the dresser, there's an attic access. You know, it's, it's not a, there's actually a room in the attic, but on the sides, there's, you know, four or five feet there that there's an access door to. So I get my mag light flashlight out and I move the dresser and we, I'm peeking down through both sides of the eaves and they had cellulose insulation blown in, which is that oh, newspaper, yeah. dirty kind of yeah. insulation. And at the end of the, end of the attic, I see this lump, all, you know, like a big mound. And I go, man, that don't look right. So I take a, and I don't want to crawl in this 105 degree attic, you know? Yeah. And so I take a battery out of my flashlight and I gave it a toss down there and whack, I hit that thing, little big lump. And all of a sudden that guy jumps up. <laughs> he was up there completely covered in insulation, hiding from us. And it was over a stupid $5,000 bond, which he's going to get 30 days and go home. I mean, it was just something ridiculous. And, uh, so on the way out of the attic, he's crawling through trying to hit every two by four beam. And all of a sudden his leg goes th through the, the ceiling of right. the, you know, the bedroom down below. So now they got a big hole in their, their bedroom ceiling and he crawls out and I'm not kidding you. This guy was, I called it tarred and feathered right. because he is completely covered in this stuff and we get we get him outside and he goes man he goes don't take me to jail like this he goes let me hose off so so he stood there as we're hosing him off he's completely soaked head to toe we got all the stuff off him put him in a car take him down to the mansfield city jail and the jailer comes out to take him back to the cell and he's just looking at this dude going and then he looks at us and he's just shaking his head and i said you know, that's what happens. <laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, that was another good one. But yeah. And the, and the book, like I said, it's, it's full of, it's full of, uh, great stories like that. You know, it's a, it's a good read. I think people will like it. Right. Um, so you had mentioned one of the things you said people ask you about, like, is it like the, you know, is doing it like, um, what was it you, we mentioned, was it, Oh, what dog the bounty hunter? Oh, no. <laughs> I actually was gonna mention that uh, when we were talking earlier. Yeah, before we sat down, I was gonna say, well, it, there's a lot of fake shows on TV. I know there was a couple of repo shows on TV that were completely fake, and they try to pass stuff off as reality. And dog is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he does a good job and everything, but. You know, people, I, I see him on the news a lot and people interviewing him and, and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I did this for several years. And I rarely had people skip bond on me. Right. And when you write a bond, you, you, you take, you look at the person, you look at his credit, you look at his family, you, you look at is he going to stick around, you know, and, and there's different check things you have to check off of a list to make sure this guy's going to show up for court. And my thing with that show is 
if you can't tell somebody that's going to show up for court and you're just going to sit there and write bond after bond after bond and you have so many bonds out there and so many people you're chasing down that they can make a TV show. The are you, are you a really a good bondsman? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's my big thing with him. I'm thinking, you know, if, if, if you can go on TV and have a show every week of several people you're chasing down. Was he chasing all of, are, are these all his people or that he chasing other guys also? He, I think he, I think he does chase other guys t- bonds too but then again he's in hawaii most of the time so it's right. not like no, it's not a huge community exactly so and and there hey, trust me there's bondsmen out there that'll write anything that comes yeah. along but do you really want to spend all your time out chasing people when you could be writing more bonds making more money i mean you do if you have a tv show well i, I, <laughs> I mean that's true yeah. but uh take nothing away from the guy but uh I, I w- let's see. I just wouldn't call, call him a top tier bond. Yeah. Much. And, and then when he gets involved in like that girl that went missing and down here. Oh, well, it's, you know, it's, you ha- it's entertainment. I mean, he's uh, a character. Yeah. And I can, and I understand marketing, but when you're crouching down beside a, a, a fire pit and looking at the ashes and rubbing them between oh, your God. fingers and going, ah, he was here. Come on, man. I mean, people are, don't be so gullible. <laughs> He's, he's checking the dirt foot, foot, footprints. It's him. He's wearing someone else's suit. Their two sizes too big. It's definitely Bobby. Um, yeah, he uh, he's 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 definitely out there. I always love at the end of the show where he he tries to like lecture them and try to oh, get yeah. their life right and tells them about himself and tells them about how he changed his life and how he. Yep. It's just like stop it, bro. Yeah, stop it's. it's nobody's it's in one ear out the next yeah so. yeah um it's it's funny because you know uh when i was locked up i read and i don't know if you know who this is uh you've heard stephanie plum stephanie no I so there i want to say it's stephanie plum janet ivanovich write, writes about her and she she she's a bounty hunter there's been a movie about her she was a bounty hunter mm-hmm. um there's a bunch of books. There's got to, there has to be 14, well, there may be 30 books now. I read probably 13 or 14 of them. Oh, now that you said that, I think I do remember that. Right. as a series of like uh, paperbacks or something yeah, she she's put a out. Klutz. She's a klutz that is, ends up a bounty hunter because it's good money. She's constantly forgetting her gun. She's being shot at. She keeps getting you know beat up. Like people are chasing her. She's chasing them. She's, it, but- it, they're actually hilarious, bro. Like, I mean, right. you watch, I mean, you you know it's ridiculous. I yeah. know it's ridiculous. But the, the characters in it, the the funniest thing about the characters in it, are the fact that these are real people. Like, these are all ba- you can tell. Like that, there is a, some nut job out there. Like, this is you're dealing the kind of people you have to deal with in that industry. Right. You're arresting the same people over. Oh yes. And over. Have you yep. how many have you arrested people over oh, and over? Yeah. Two, three different times on several different people. And and they I mean it's like they've got their my phone number tattooed on their arm. I mean they just know. Call Tom. We'll get he'll get us out. And and they show up for court. So I'm not you know oh, of course that's great. I mean um I yeah I, have you ever uh, have you ever chased down the same uh, person? Has that same person run twice, or if they run no. once, you don't ever 
Oh no, they run once. I don't. I don't. I won't rewrite. Don't call that me again. No, no, no. Let somebody else deal with that. Do you ever go after them? Like if so, you put up a ten thousand dollar bond, and you're saying that it's a thousand dollars. Cost them a thousand dollars to get the bond. Right. You're getting five hundred. Then they take off. Mm-hmm. So now they take off, and you have to chase them, and it costs you twelve hundred bucks to catch up with them. Do you turn around and bill them? Like, do you say, hey? Or you're saying you're not going to get that money anyway. I I don't bill them, but on some bonds, I always took some collateral. Right. Uh, I've had motorcycles. I've had cars. uh, I even had a Hot Wheel collection that I walked into the guy's house, and he had them under glass on his wall. And I, I knew in my head... He values that. Yes. Yeah. He'll he'll come back for that. that, Yeah. So I'm taking that with me. So, you know, think there's way, you know, there's, there's ways to make sure people show up for court. Right. So, uh, but yeah. And like I said, I, I, I've, I've been blessed as far as people showing up. I haven't had a ton. I'm sure my, the book, I've got two to three times as many repo stories as I do bond stories right. because I, I was smart at writing bonds and what, I still made a decent living at it. So what about, did you ever take a, uh, do you ever place a lien on anybody's house? Oh yeah. Yeah. I had, I had one guy, uh, the complete, he was laundering money and he had over a million dollars in foil wrapped and wrapped up in his freezer and the, nice. and the nice. feds, yeah, the feds busted him. And, uh, and he owned his own home. He owned a, a vending machine business. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I would write a mortgage on, uh, on his house or a lien, put a, you know, right, right, some right. type of lien. And that's another story. Uh, when I first started working there at Mansfield, <clears throat> my, uh, I would walk, go down to the clerk of courts or the recorder's office and I would, you know, stand there and everybody knew I was the bondsman. So the bondsman, (laughs) nobody wanted to help the bondsman. So, uh, I would, uh, stand there and I'd wait in line and, you know, trying to get somebody to help me because they had to file this or file that. And, and, uh, I, I wasn't getting much cooperation. And, uh, one day I walked in and I held up a $50 bill and I said, if anybody will help me, I'll give you $50 right now. And then, come to find out, they found out that I was dating my current wife, Melanie. And uh, <laughs> I, w- I would walk in, and as soon as they knew I was dating her, because everybody, and she was a legal secretary in, in town, everybody knew Melanie. So when I walked in, uh, then all the girls at the clerk's office would be running right up. Oh, what can we help you with, Tom? I said, nice. well, I guess it's who you know. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. You got to stay in her good graces. Yeah, exactly. Things don't go well with Melanie. You never get helped again. <laughs> yes. The 50 is not even going to help. That's true. Oh, there's so. that Tom. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, so did you, have you, you never foreclosed on anybody's house? Never no, had to? Never no. had to. Never so had what to. if they didn't own the house? Well, what if we, they had a mortgage. Well, we made sure that there was enough equity okay. in the, in that house. Yeah, yeah. And I and I've heard stories of bondsmen in big cities owning four or five restaurants and things like that just because they've had a you right. know foreclose on people and stuff. So, but no headache here. So that's good. Okay. 
Anything? Uh, can you, anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, Do you just, want to plug the book? Yeah, uh, Asphalt Hunter. It's on uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, a uh, lot of other different sites. And uh, give Two it a read. Two stories of a of a uh, bounty hunter slash repo man. And I guarantee you, every story in there is gospel. <laughs> I I like Asphalt Hunters. That's a good title. Spent a lot of time on the road looking for people and cars. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, I have one more question. Are you allowed to carry a, a weapon? Yeah. Yeah. If when you're cl- if licensed and stuff. Yeah. If you yeah. have like a concealed weapon. Yeah. Permit. Cause in Florida it's concealed. You have to have it concealed. And I know other States, like I remember being in Tennessee, I would see guys with the gun. Like you couldn't carry, you couldn't get a concealed weapons license. What you had in Tennessee was right. you had a carry permit and you had to be able to see the gun. It, it, yeah. In, in Ohio at the time there wasn't a, when I first started, there wasn't a concealed carry law, but they, there was a specific thing in the law that said if you are in a dangerous position, if you're carrying large sums of money, like right. to a bank or something like that, you were a, they, they gave you a, like a waiver on that. So I, I never had a, had a problem with, I mean, I'd walk in the police department with a gun as long as I put it in the locker when I went back to talk to somebody, I was good. So. No problems. Okay. All right. I, I got nothing else. All right. All right. Well, I sure appreciate it. Sure. Asphalt Hunters. So we're going to have the, uh, we'll have the links uh, in the description for Amazon. And um, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Cool. All right. If you like the video, do me a favor and hit the like button. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment in the comment section and share the video to as many of your friends and family as you can think of. And I appreciate it. See ya.